When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Please walk me through your day and night. Okay. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I meet his mom. I meet his brother. Patrick comes running across the field. I am now reduced to a 12-year-old girl <laughs> screaming for the Beatles. Henry Winkler. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up, TCU head coach Sonny Dykes. TNT's Inside the NBA host, Ernie Johnson, plus actor and comedian Adam Ray. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Already had a great chat with Ian Rappaport. Information about Justin Fields' shoulder and the Jets quarterback situation, which we'll get into in just a couple seconds here on the program. And hot seats in the NFL, if you missed it. There's not only our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, our Twitter handle at Rich Eisen Show, but there's also the Rich Eisen Show collection, which is uh, right here on the Roku channel. Our entire show can be seen live on channel 210 between cha- uh, hours uh, noon to 3 Eastern every day. Then when we're done, it re-airs on channel 210 all the way until tomorrow when we're back on the air at noon Eastern. And there's also clips, and there's also the, the show on demand. Let's say if you just... Tune in channel 210, it's middle of the second hour, like, I want to watch it from the beginning. You got that too. And uh, hopefully you don't go higher register, like I just did. <laughs> Not a great sell. Yeah, maybe don't watch it from the beginning. No, you should watch it from the beginning. You should watch it from the from second to one to, to the last. Um, so anyway, long story short is we're on the air. Sonny Dykes of TCU Football joining us in about 20 minutes time. Won't that be great? Right on. Um, and uh, hour number three, Ernie Johnson. We'll be here from Turner. We've got a double header tonight on um, TNT. I broke out the bobblehead today. Very man. good. I appreciate you. That we got that from uh, from the Super Bowl years ago in Atlanta. Right. There it is. Right. There's the uh, there's the, the, the EJ and Shaq and and Kenny and and Charles and the bobblehead. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ray, the comedian and actor, uh, will be here and podcaster. will be here in studio hour number three. He's a diehard Seattle Seahawk and Seattle sports fan. <laughs> Uh, he will be on this program in hour number three. Won't that be great? So uh, look forward to that. Here's uh, when you're a Jet fan and you're expecting the trap door to open and and I keep on convincing myself the trap door is not going to open and Robert Sala's like, I've got receipts on people who don't believe in us. And when he came on the show, I asked him what the receipts are. It's just like, you know. Yeah, I was doing the thing. <laughs> I think he wants people to stop talking about the receipts. All he wants to do is have people to believe in them. And I look at the defense, and I'm like, that's the perfect example of trapdoors not opening. This is a great side of the football. Jets defense can hunt, can cover, and that's what Robert Sala's side of the football is all about. He is really building, as the HC of the NYJ, a terrific defensive team. And when they drafted Zach Wilson second overall last year, I did not think the storyline middle of the 2022 season would be Zach's holding the team back from making the playoffs right here, right now. Because the defense is ready to 
ready to do it. What a what a completely unexpected storyline. And the problem for Zach with the fan base is he had entering New York City zero tape build up knowledge already from the fan base because I got to be honest with you I don't know uh I grew up in um in New York City Staten Island I I don't know if I had ever met somebody who was from the state of Utah until like I shook Steve Young's hand when I met him I mean I'm being honest you're sitting there on the east coast you, you don't know jack about BYU football nothing you're not sitting there at the middle of the night saying I got to watch BYU football nothing you they the 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 typical New York sports fan diehard jet fan was just like okay everybody's telling me on e, on NFL network and ESPN hopefully in that order you know about this guy all the analysts are saying how terrific he is and he's young and impressionable one would think and and okay Jets think he's the second best quarterback and Joe Douglas the new general manager thinks he's the second best quarterback in the draft and and they wouldn't even entertain the phone call from the San Francisco 49ers Robert Sala's old friends to swap spots with them in the draft that Zach's the guy that's it all right we're, we're in on it we'll believe it and we'll, we'll be patient because we know how you have to develop, and now here we are in the middle of his second season, and uh, we're now like Your my cousin Vinny. Is ticking. Yeah, out of control. My biological clock is ticking. <laughs> you know, we're like Mona Lisa Vito right now, saying, "What's going on?" And the problem is, is the patience does run thin when that happens, and then the patience completely can wear out on the spot when again it's not like trevor lawrence it's not like even justin fields it's not even like mac jones trey lance would have been in this bucket too because who the hell's watching football from the great state of north dakota in new york city just not all okay we'll just trust the evaluators that this is the guy who we're supposed to be believing in as our next savior broadway zach right zach's fifth avenue i think was the the phrase we were saying here. At any rate, when he plays like this and then he showed up to the podium to say, you know, did he let the defense down? And he goes, no, no. And all of his answers were just like, I'm just going to give you the rote, cliched answers so I can get the hell off this podium and not stand there with my chest out and go, I stunk today. And the offense needs to do better and I'm going to lead him. okay? Everybody, I've got this. Instead, he just wanted to get off the podium because all of the questions that were being asked of him were being infused or had the subtext of you're not doing well. And you didn't want to hear it. So that's the feeling I got. Chris Long, two-time Super Bowl champion and former number two overall pick himself, said yesterday is zero sympathy for Zach. Less than zero because that's not the accountability you want to see from your quarterback. And I said, at least the coach is going to get this. They got the, the right people to handle this, the coach being one of them. I, however, when I said that, did not expect Robert Sala to appear at a press conference 
within a couple hours. By the way, two hours late for it because he was in meetings having, one would think, a conversation on this very subject matter, showing up and saying this. Robert, can you start off by just stating what your quarterback plans are for this week and explain why? Uh, I've just been dealing with so many different things right now. The um, uh, I'm going to get to the tape and just evaluate everything, and uh, I'll leave it at that. We're keeping everything on the table over the next couple of days. So you're, so you're not committing to Zach as your starter for Sunday? Not right now. Not until I'm done evaluating everything. Okay. Ooh. And so this is the number two overall pick from last year yeah. that they told the 49ers, keep your first-round draft picks. We just we want to go with this kid, and um, and that takes cojones to even faint in that direction. And this isn't like let's keep Eberflus and the Bears guessing. This is serious. Like Zach Wilson has pissed off the boss. Now my analysis from my seat here all the way across the country is this sounds like to me something that Susie and I do and Chris I imagine you will do when Cage is of an age to get it like counting to three don't make me get to three <laughs> yeah with your kid uh-huh okay I do that with adults and I'm counting to, I'm counting to three Zach okay so when we tell you, plant your feet, make your throws, when we tell you there's a certain way this offense needs to be run, when you are showing on tape that you're not only not listening to us, it looks like you're nonchalant and not caring about it. And we know different because that soundbite we played here, played everywhere else in the same press conference, you know, solid did cape for Zach saying he wants to win more than anyone else. It's not like he doesn't care about winning. But he just seems to be caring about his feelings and reputation a little bit more. Or just as much. Where in New York, it's so simple to just say, I'm owning it. I stunk. We're going to come back. We just beat the Bills. That's the team we're going to do. And I'll be better. Like, instead, just no, no, I'm not. We didn't let the defense down. And then, of course... He's going to speak at some point, and hopefully he will say the right things and believe it. Certainly when there's new reporting coming out, like, say, from Albert Breer, who, you know, will definitely cape for Justin Fields anytime he can. But he is a guy who's in the know. I was just just, reading this. He just tweeted this out before we came on the air in hour number two. Little nugget I picked up. Bears quarterback Justin Fields apologized to his teammates after Chicago's loss to the Falcons in the locker room postgame, told them the defense gave the offense a chance and the offense didn't get it done. Went a long way with guys after he played hurt. Yeah, this is a quarterback who might have a season-ending shoulder injury. Third straight game, they've scored 28 points or more. They've lost all three. Taking accountability to the other side of the ball in the locker room, saying, sorry, I, I screwed this up. Or, really? Now, that's the guy that Zach Wilson will need to beat if he does go out on the field this weekend and we're needing his defense to help in that process. And I think he's going to get the chance. It could be the shot across the bow. And the problem is, and all of us Jet fans are thinking, the problem is, is when we look back on this, say two, three years from now, right? 
Are we going to just remember the week of Thanksgiving after Zach screwed it up so royally, not only on the field, but at the podium after the game, that it forced Robert Sala to not even commit to him as the quarterback against the Bears because they have a chance to win and they feel that he's holding them back of a team that's arriving sooner? We all thought Zach would grow with the team and they would grow together into a winner, not that they grow faster than Zach. And they're looking at him saying, when are you going to catch up to us? That was not part of the plan here. That will we look back on this as the turning point moment for Zach Wilson to finally reach his potential and be the quarterback of the New York Jets? Or do we just read the writing on the wall? Just 20 starts in here. What a big week for Zach, and I think he will get the chance. I just feel it. But if Mike White trolls, uh, strolls out there against the Bears, wow. I, I, I don't think there's any looking back. I don't think this is an overreaction at all. And that's my two cents on this subject matter right now. Mm. How about that? Justin Fields going in the locker room. I've put up 28... 28- I'm 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 clearly blossoming. I'm I'm doing what I got to do best I can, but I'm sorry it wasn't enough. And the other guys like, mm-hmm. yeah, nine completions, 10 punts. Did I let them down? No. No. How did I I see that I see that soundbite and I, every time I see it, I'm like, what's he thinking? It gets worse, I think. I, I, like, what's I he it. thinking? No. No. Meaning what? Like like I'm doing enough. No, I think what it is is, you know, I'm the guy here. I, I kind of, like, I, I trust me, I have thought so much about it. Like, what does go through? And I think it's just he doesn't think it's right for him to be criticized. Did you see the That's report? That's what I'm I for, thinking. I forget who had it, that it, it, it kind of doubled down on it, too, that Zach was walking around the locker room after the game like he's not the problem, and it was rubbing the defensive guys the wrong way. I forget who tweeted Well, and I'll tell you what, and that would definitely lead Sala to say, I'm not done evaluating the situation yet. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. And and so kudos to him for having his finger on the pulse. And then for, you know, Joe Douglas and and Woody to basically say, you you do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to potentially start down the road of a redo? on the number two overall pick from last year? You want to open that door here in New York City, 24-7, 365, long-time listener, first-time caller situation? You want to do that? Go for it, because you have our back. They shouldn't have picked him to start with. Come on. Well, I mean, that's I mean, we, the way you we, can we, look we, at it right now. But I we mean, remember we had discussions and debates about this for months leading up to the draft. Like you always said, the kids from Utah. And- do you remember the day the Niners made the trade with the Miami Dolphins to move up to number three overall. It was Zach Wilson's pro day. And NFL Network was covering it. And there was a throw at his pro day where he moved to his left yeah, and threw all the way it down the amazing. field. And it's just it like amazing. <laughs> what? Like 65 yards in the air or it's something. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but a okay. throw that most guys on their pro day with no pads and no No, and I understand that. It's make that cor- throw. Right. Correct. It's right, pro right, day right. stuff, it's a right? It's pro day throw. I yeah. totally, I hear you. It's pro day stuff. But it's still scouts going, oh, okay. So you have the arm strength. You have the ability. You can move out of the pocket. And you move really well. And you don't see that with the Jets right now. You don't see it. 
I mean, Elijah Moore, who in the Mike White experience, and then even when Zach came back last year, he flashed. He flashed. And you do have to remember Corey Davis and Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall, who Joe Flacco had, Zach Wilson doesn't have. And the defense and the offense will definitely be diminished because of it. The issue is, is Zach's not fully formed enough or potentially not mentally tough enough or potentially not ready enough to overcome that sort of stuff. Certainly when Belichick is the one defend, <laughs> you know, coming up with the evil to throw your way. And the problem is, as I said yesterday, the coaching staff can't go, you know what, let's just take the, um, the guardrails off. Let him do the stuff that we saw at the pro day. Let him roll out and do that sort of stuff. The problem is, is that he can't, you can't do that if he doesn't do the easy stuff. I mean, you saw that last night too. Yeah, and uh, you saw that last night and, and you heard Buck and Aikman talking about when McCoy in the first half was operating the Cardinals offense and getting the ball out on time. You heard that, you know, and at one point you even, you even heard Aikman go, see, that's, that's what we were talking about, about the ball getting out on time. It sounded like that was something they got from the pre broadcast meeting with the coaching staff talking about how Colt gets the ball out on time. That's something subtext that Kyler perhaps doesn't do like Colt. And obviously when the offense does sputter, you could use a skill set like Kyler Murray's to get it done. And that has been part of the problem for the Cardinals, certainly in the first six games when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't there. It was too much Kyler just taking the ball and running with it. I bring all that up to say is that you need to gain the trust of your team and your receivers and your coaching staff and the film room by getting the easy stuff done, by not going broke because you can't make the profit. Guys open, plant your feet, hit it. He didn't do that against New England. And again, I know this is just a New York team at six and four but as ian rapaport said you know when he said what he said at the podium it made it a national story everybody sees that and goes oh well really because now you're talking about a potential locker room fissure which might lead a defensive-minded head coach in year two to basically say i'm not committing to you just yet in year two middle of year two and the team's got a chance to make the playoffs didn't see this storyline coming, man. Jets ready to win. And Zach's not with him on that learning curve. Not there yet. As a matter of fact, he's dragging the learning curve down. Didn't see that as a storyline. Also, Richard, I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks, if you've seen it. You brought up Colt McCoy getting the ball. That was something on Hard Knocks season two or episode two. The, the Cardinals defensive players were watching him and they were making note of the fact that like they were in awe about this guy gets the ball out yes. quick. That's why he's lasted so long in this league. He knows where he's going when the play starts. You know? So that's funny that you brought that up because that was a whole thing on Hard Knocks. Well, they were bringing that up last night and the subtext is is like maybe Kyler can do that a little bit better when he gets back in there. Because you but know, isn't that to, more of an instinct? Wouldn't you guys think? Like, can I you don't teach know. somebody I, that? I, yes, you can teach you it. Can? You can teach it. It's it's maybe just um, turning your instincts down a notch. That's pride messing with your mind. To use the phrase <laughs> yeah. from from Pulp Fiction is just like just yeah. I mean, and you know who's got that? And and absolute draw. I mean, it's Mahomes. 
It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes, man. And not even he is completely perfect, but if Zach Wilson thinks he's Mahomes, guess what? Mahomes hasn't lost a road game in division yet. By the way, he won his first. Remember they gave him a little cup of coffee in Denver his first year while Alex Smith was uh, was getting ready for the playoffs week yeah, 17? Week 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at Denver. He won that. And then he's won three road games in division every single I year not know to that. this point, including this past Sunday. Isn't and he I, also undefeated in November and December? Um I think that was as a professional. I don't know as 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 a professional. I think they're on some sort of particular winning streak. I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then they're at Vegas to end the season. And if somehow, some way, they drop that to end the uh, the streak, uh, I'd be surprised. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Sonny Dykes. We will take the phone call of the TCU head coach when we come back right here on the program. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit talking about what the Niners might do with Jimmy G. And, you know, they still have Trey Lance there. And so what a phenomenally so Jimmy's fascinating still- subject matter because do yes, you it- think that do the Niners look at Lance and see what's going on with both Zach and, and Mac and say, 
trade Trey Lance. Or just, no, just we don't want a piece of this action where the rest of the team's ready to win and we're waiting for the quarter, the young right. quarterback to go uh, matriculate here. Yeah, but so you did buy a ticket on that, Rod. As I said, the minute that you trade all your wow. draft choices to go up to the third you overall an pick. expensive first-class ticket. Or you're, you've got an ownership that is totally in your corner and a general manager that is fully planted and isn't looking over his shoulder and a coach that is fully planted, not looking over the shoulder and just say, okay, so we missed on that. And let's go find a guy that we can. We're not going to get fired. We're not going to get bounced. They're not going to get fired. Everything else is fine and ready to go here. And so Jimmy's 31. When the Niners, after this draft, the Niners are done with whatever they've paid to go draft Lance. And what if they have a trophy in the case anyway? Right? They should build a statue for Jimmy if they win the Super Bowl this year. If they win the Super Bowl this year, what are you going to tell Jimmy? Thanks for the memories. We got a, we got a, we got Trey Lance ready here. Or you turn him into it. Jordan Love. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's Jimmy's team if they win the Super Bowl. Like, come on. I think it's, I think it's, it's Jimmy's team now, man. This is it. I mean, you'd really have to have a, a significantly understanding leadership council if you turn to them and say, "Yeah, we're just, we're just got to go with the kid here." <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm serious. I am not yeah, being facetious yeah, about yeah. it. I don't know. I mean, then what does Jimmy do? Jeffrey in the Bay Area. While we're waiting for Sonny Dykes, he just finished his press conference there uh, in the state of Texas. What's up, Jeffrey? Hey, how's it going, Rich? Uh, we're kind of chewing up this subject matter. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up. Was uh, I watched the game last night, and I see Trey Lance uh, walking on the sidelines. He's walking now, and um, yeah, I was just really thinking, like, what would the Jets look like if they had Jimmy G? <laughs> yeah, and or, or somebody that knows this offense and is fully equipped to run it. Um, and despite whatever warts he may have, it is clearly light years ahead of what Zach Wilson is currently doing right now. And, you know, uh, uh, you saw it last night, right? Hemi G is what, um, is what a kittle referred to James Garoppolo as. And, you know, Hemi Guap from Debo Samuel. You know, and, and Trey Lance, bless him, is sitting there trying to get back in the mix here. And thanks for the call. Uh, this is a fascinating subject matter when you've got a team like the Jets that is already considering benching Zach Wilson. 20 starts into his career. Hmm. And the patience, I was counseling patience, just let him cook. Let's see what's going on. But when the team is 6-4 and four and has a chance to make the playoffs now and haven't made the playoffs in forever and a day since the Rex Ryan administration, before the Rex Ryan administration fell, fell apart, you've got to look at that. And if you're the Patriots, what do you think? Bill's like, oh, okay, we used the first rounder on him in year one. And, you know, he's we, we love his moxie, we love his grit. But Derek Carr's available. Jimmy G's available. Name, name you know, who, who else might be available? You know, you could sit here and say, well, they're getting up in years. Well, what happened with Rich Gannon? You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that, as we all know, could wing it around and 
and be some form of a, a playoff catalyst. Yeah, Jimmy even G we just turned 31 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, and then Derek Carr will be 32 next year. Like, I would take both of those guys a, next year. What if you if I asked you that question 12 weeks ago? Right? I mean, it is, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and then we need laugh. to see what's happening 10 weeks from now. Yeah. I, I've got and a, this is great fodder for conversation while we're waiting for Sonny Dykes to hop on I've the phone line. I've a question maybe you guys can help me out. We mm-hmm. talk about all these big-time college programs, right? So you've got Justin Fields, and you've watched him at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. You've seen what he's done against seemingly the best competition yes. that college has to offer. Yes. How do you get it? I mean, do these scouts overthink sometimes? Because you then you pass up on this kid to take a kid from BYU yes. who, as you've said since day one, no one east of wherever had ever watched this guy play. How do you have someone like Justin Fields who played big-time college football at one of the premier universities you, in, in the country, I, I and then you. you still pass them? It's I, don't, a very, I don't understand how this works. I, I also – I mean, look – one thing is about big-time college competition, sure, but Josh Allen didn't have the big-time college competition, right? And he's might wind up being the the best choice out of that draft, with all due respect to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but when you look at Josh Allen, you see a kid 6'5", 230 with a cannon of an arm. Does Zach have a, that too? Zach, big arm. look at that yeah. pro day throw, man. Big arm. The ball yeah. jumps out of his hand. The question is, is can he make the on-platform throws to trust him to do that for him to make the off-platform throws and and it's just I I and and then you have to question what the hell was going through his temples when it's a simple thing to say my bad even if you don't believe it honestly yeah that's true uh, and that was my concern it's just the bright lights of New York City like that my gosh Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is the man who is the head coach of the fourth-ranked TCU program, playing some big-time football, staring down a college football playoff berth. He is Sonny Dykes here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Coach? Good, Rich. How are you doing? I am doing great. Um, let me just jump into this conversation with you about your your history. Are, are you a, you know, I, I know your, your dad being a football coach, but you're a baseball guy, right? Aren't you a baseball guy too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played uh, played at Texas Tech. I mean, you could say you could use the word played loosely. I was on the team, okay, hung around, uh, you know. But but yeah, I kind of was a was a below average high school football player. Um, my dad was coaching at Texas Tech at the time, and you know, got into baseball. Really, we had a new baseball coach at Texas Tech, Larry Hayes, and was starting the program, uh, kind of starting over and getting things going, and so. They let me go out there and hang around for a couple of years. Okay, so give me give me your best A B against somebody I would know. You got one? <laughs> yeah, nobody. I, Come I, on. It'd have to be somebody on the Texas Tech team. Um, Mark Brandenburg, you know, made okay. it. I think pitched. Uh, okay. Ended up pitching in the the World Series for the Red Sox. I think the year that they broke the curse of the Bambino. So he was uh, he was on our team then, and it was a good player. Okay, very good. Um, and now let's jump into the uh, I guess your coaching ranks. Uh, when you were coaching at Texas Tech, right? You spent a few years on the staff. There was, if I'm not mistaken, Danny Amendola. Was he one of your receivers at the time? Yeah, coach? he was. Yeah. So right. I had kind of an interesting deal. Started out as a high school coach, went from high school to junior college to graduate assistant. Uh, went to Kentucky uh, in the late 90s with Hal Mummy, and I was Mike Leach's GA. And then Mike Leach, reti- uh, my dad retired at Texas Tech. Mike Leach took the Texas Tech job and hired me uh, to be the receiver coach at Texas Tech. And 
man, we had a really good run of receivers. Had Wes Welker and had Danny Amendola and Mike Crabtree and had some really, uh, really, really good players. So we were lucky to, to recruit some guys that ended up being good players. All right. I need your best story of being a GA of Mike Leach. You've got to have one. Oh, God. What's the, what do you got <laughs> for me? Fill hours. I mean, it, it, would, it would be like this would need to be a podcast <laughs> well i mean the part of hours this is this no, is a podcast no, no. this is a podcast too and we're live radio and tv at the same time but you got a, you got a good one just something you, um, we, well so uh, yeah i mean mike mike was funny because uh you yes. know he liked to go out late go out we would stay out late and, and whenever we would go home we would always hit up this fast food you know whatever it was whether it was you know, uh, White Castle in Kentucky, which, by the way, is terrible, but that or <laughs> it was Whataburger yes. in Texas Tech, which is actually, or, you know, in Texas, which is actually really good. Yes. We would hit up the fast food place late. You know, you're, you're driving the car, and Mike goes, hey, orders the food, and then you get to the window, and uh, you're like, okay, coach, you got any money? He's like, oh, I don't have my wallet. Oh! <laughs> oh wow. Wow. And so Mike's, you know, Mike's making like four million dollars a year, and I'm like making like forty bucks a month, you know. <laughs> so it's on you. You, 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 you. Well, don't get, don't get me wrong. Mike always took care of me. But okay. Yeah, but it would be on me for a while, and then he would, he would pay he'd, me back at some point. He'd make you whole. Okay, fantastic. Now, and by the way, now, now look at what what you're what you're doing right now, uh, Coach. L- let me let me get to uh, hit the little way back machine. I gotta be honest with you, I'm watching the end of your game against Baylor and I thought to myself, why is this man running the football right now? Can you walk me through the way you ended that game and why in Baylor, please? Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, so it's funny because, uh, you, you know, you get you get people that, that kind of reach out to you via social media or do yes. interviews or talk to people and you know, I mean, we had we had a plan that we kind of put together, obviously, before we had the ball mm-hmm. and uh, before we got the ball. And Garrett Riley's our offensive coordinator, did a great job of of being patient on that last drive. And you know, we needed to kick the field goal. We have a ton of of confidence in, in Griffin Kell, our our field goal kicker. Um, and so, you know, for us, we felt like we needed to get down to about if we could get to the twenty yard line. We felt like we, he had a great opportunity to make it. And and the thing that we wanted to do was get on the middle or, or the right hash on about the 20-yard line, mm-hmm. okay? So that was kind of our objective when the drive began. We had about a minute and 40 seconds left and no timeouts. We spent all of our timeouts. Yes, sir. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong during those that course of events. Um, you know, the thing you can't do, you can't get sacked, obviously can't throw an interception. You've got to be able to, to convert. And so, you know, we, we were pretty patient moving the ball down the field, and then we got down to about, you know, forty or about fifty seconds, and we we ran the ball to try to get a first down. Okay, then we we you know, that took about ten seconds, then we clocked it, um, and then you know we we had about twenty two seconds left for third down. Okay, and, we, and our objective again was to get the ball in the right hash. We we're on about the twenty two yard line or or the middle of the field. So at that point, we said, okay, look, what what can we do? We could throw a pass here. There may or may not be a complete. We may or may not be on the right hash. Let's, let's guarantee we're going to get the ball where we want it. Let's run the ball. Let's make sure we have our, our field goal team ready to go, which we call bazooka field goal, and we practice it every Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we handed the ball off, got the ball to the right middle, ran our team off. We practiced it every week with, with about 15 seconds, and this whole series of events began with 17 seconds. So had we you know, had a long run and converted the first down, 
then the series would have gone different. Then it would have been, okay, we clock it, mm-hmm. and now we figure out, okay, now what do we want to do? Now it's, you're probably going to take a, take a shot at the end zone and do what you want and then kick the field goal. So anyway, it kind of worked out exactly the way we had planned, and I think there was a lot of people that were kind of like, you know, what in the world are they doing and why are they doing it this way? But but we're, we had practiced this very situation over and over and over again, and all right, we felt like our players were comfortable with it, and we're going to be able to go execute it, and that's that's why it played out the way it did. Bazooka field goal? That's what it's called? Bazooka? Yeah, yeah. It's, a lot of people call it May Day. A lot okay. of people call it whatever. We, we call it bazooka. I don't really know why. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's what our special teams coach calls it, and so okay. that's, that's what we do. Well, it worked. Bazooka worked. That's it, for darn sure. It did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and like I said, it didn't look great. I mean, our field goal kicker kind of ran on the field a little bit late, and oh boy, it's kind of just what he does in practice every week too. He kind of goes out there late and doesn't mark his steps off, and just kind of eyeballs it and kicks it. And we had done it. I think we we went back and looked. We'd done it fifteen times mm-hmm. this year. We'd practiced bazooka field goal, and he had made it fourteen of the fifteen. And thank goodness, obviously, this was one of the fourteen, uh, Coach Sonny Dykes, because you are. Currently going into Thanksgiving week, uh, a ranked fourth. I'm assuming that this is where you're going to wind up uh, when everything is uh, announced going into Thanksgiving week from the college football playoff committee. I'll be honest with you, just getting a sense, seeing how, you know, Tennessee was lingering there. They're they're now dropping off and I'm assuming USC will be right there. Do you get the sense the playoff committee wants to has is itching to get uh, somebody else in there other than you? Do you get that sense, coach? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I really have no idea. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I appreciated them ranking as fourth. You know, when when the when it came out a couple of weeks ago, I think we went from seventh to fourth, uh, or maybe sixth to fourth, whatever it was, and we've kind of held steady there. Um, you know, luckily I wasn't here at TCU in 2014. I mean, yep. I was I was, uh, uh, you know, getting my brain my brains beat in at Cal <laughs> at that time, but. Um, right. But, you know, TCU went undefeated that year, uh, got as high as, I think, third in the playoff, won their last regular season game 55-3, to I believe, by 52 points and went from third to sixth. And so there's been a history maybe of, of that happening to TCU. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's a different time. I think it's a different league. I think the Big 12 has a, a different level of respect maybe than it's had in the past. Um but at the end of the day, I mean, really, look, we're, we're going to have to beat an Iowa State football team this week that's really good, and then we're going to have to, to win a, a Big 12 championship game and, and beat somebody that we've already beat, which is really difficult to do. So we got mountains in front of us left to climb, you know, and our hope is that if, if we can, you know, do those things, that the committee will certainly recognize, you know, the achievement that our players have had this year and, and put them in the playoff, and that's kind of out of my control and so i choose to worry about things i can't control right and 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 obviously you know you you do have a a one game at a time mentality when you're a coach and there's no question though um that uh you also have as you say um a lot of uh road in front of you do you play the nobody believes in this card do you play that with your team coach a little bit you know it's funny no i did we haven't really because you know we were picked sixth or excuse me seventh in the preseason poll and mm-hmm. so you know, our players knew that, and, and we never felt like we didn't need to talk about it. I mean, I think we felt like that when we came out of fall camp that we were a good football team, you know, but we had to prove it by going and playing well every single week. And, um, you know, and I think we played Oklahoma early and had a really good game against those guys and, 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 and you know, had an impressive win. Um, and I think at that point our guys kind of came off the field and were like, wow, 
you know, we can be pretty good. Let's let's do everything we can to give ourselves a chance to win. And then, you know, everybody kept saying, well, just wait till this happens, or just wait till they got to play Oklahoma State and Kansas State back to back, and you know, we'll just wait till they get down. Well, we were down 17 against Oklahoma State and rallied. We were down 18 against Kansas State and rallied. And then it was okay. Well, wait till they go to West Virginia. They haven't won to West Virginia since you know 2012 or whatever it was. Well, we kind of did that. And then it was like, okay, well, they're going to get exposed when they go to Texas, you know. And then and so you know, our guys hear all that stuff. We've never talked about it one time. You're not going to believe me, but we have never sure. talked about this, the conference standings. We've never talked about what anybody else says about us because you know. They they thought we were terrible in the beginning, and we, we were not going to listen to them when they start telling you how great they are, or how great you are. And so we tried to treat it all the same and just go try to win a game every Saturday and see where we end up. Do you hear from LT, Ladanian? Do you hear from him every now yeah. and then? Oh, yeah, Ladanian's around quite a bit. Yeah, he's been oh, – yeah. he's got a nephew that plays for us uh, who's a heck of a player, one of our corners. Okay. And um, and so he, he's around all the time, and, and man, oh. he's been – been that's been great. He's been real inspiring to our players, and he's been a great supporter at TCU. How great is that, man? You got LT around. Yeah, there. No, no, it's awesome. It's awesome when you get, you know, one of the all-time greats that that really loves the university and loves the, the team, and um, it's great to have him around. Thanks for the co- time, uh, Coach. I know you went straight from your press conference right to here, and you've been talking quite a bit. And I'm sure you got other things uh, that you'd prefer to be doing, but I appreciate the two cents and two time uh, to uh, a couple minutes here. Uh, good luck to you down the road, and let's uh, let's connect again. Greatly appreciate it. Okay, Rich. Again, thank, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Right back at you. Sonny Dykes, the head coach of TCU football. I mean, it's it's tough to basically say, you know, hey, nobody believes in us when the team is believing in itself, right? Mm-hmm. And it's tough to say, hey, you know, one game at a time, well, you've also got to be politicking. Yeah. But the undefeated record speaks for itself. It does. And there seems to be a yeah, but team every year. Last year, that was Cincinnati. And TCU might be that team this year. Yeah, they're, they're not sexy. I don't think nobody really knows a lot about them. They don't have like a player up for the Heisman or their coach isn't well-known, all due respect. And it's like, okay, let's get them out of here. Let's get USC in there. Let's get the right. Michigan-Ohio State loser in there. But, you know, whatever. They deserve it. Who says it. that? Who says what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Well, let's, let's be honest. Like Those know. four no, teams no. are way more sexy. So, you know, not that TCU is not deserving, but... Man, I can't wait for the college football you know. playoff to be expanded so we just can end this conversation. That sure. said, you know, obviously Michigan and Ohio State would have a different vibe to it if yep. the loser just only might have to start the playoffs, you know, in their home stadium as opposed to having a bye week. Yeah, that's for a home game or a bye Correct. week instead, right. you know, when right. it's 12 teams. I have the top five storylines of Thanksgiving week. A couple you might not have heard of, and an extra one that's dynamite. That's coming up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential, the potential to do your own thing and be your own boss and steer your own success and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set to help you follow your passions and reawaken that spirit adventure. Check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences off your bucket list because you've got 16 body types. you got a choice of that. you got a choice of a gas or a diesel engine. Thousands of ways to customize it. Now it's available in all-wheel drive. A Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So it's time to discover what it is that moves you most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. I got a top five list. Let's go. Top five most intriguing Thanksgiving weekend storylines. Here we go. Number five on this list. We forgot about him because he's on a bye. Last time we saw him, though, he showed the Germans how to play football. Tom Brady back. and the Bucks are taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Are they back? Yes. Are the Bucks back? One word. Yes. Is Rashad see? White the guy at running back? Did we see this passing game start to look like the Super Bowl season? The defense. Can they play like that again? When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go ahead and get back on the football field and visit the Cleveland Browns in their last game, by the way, with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback, because then they'll go on a bye and it'll be Deshaun Watson time. Are the Bucs back? That's number five. Number four, when the entire weekend is over, all three Thanksgiving day games are over, the college football day of Saturday, Michigan, Ohio State, and everything else, craziness going on is over the entire Sunday Early and late window slates are over. It'll be time to sit down for Sunday Night Football, and the Philadelphia Eagles will have the answer to this question. Number four, does Rodgers and Green Bay, do they have one last gasp in them? No. (laughs) Sitting at four and seven, can Rodgers win this football game? Because if they go to four and eight, I bet you that thumb, that throwing thumb, might need a little bit of rest, might need maybe something done to it. Four and eight. That is not where the Packers saw themselves, but maybe, just maybe, Christian Watson goes into Philadelphia where Chris Carter, all he did was catch touchdowns. Maybe he does that too. <laughs> That's a big game on Sunday night. Number three on this list. Hop it up right there, uh, Mr. Hoskins. Sneakiest good game, Bengals at the Titans. We all know the Bengals bounced the Titans in the divisional round last year, and the Titans are the ones who sacked Burrow all those times, and it didn't matter. And while we're sitting here wondering who's going to be the team to start threatening the Chiefs or maybe the Bills or maybe the Dolphins, who's going to say, I'm, you know, we're here too. The Titans are well on that road with seven wins, but here come the Bengals. Jamar Chase expected back. That is a sneaky best game of Thanksgiving weekend that people aren't talking about enough. That's on the list, number three. Number two, 
It's a national conversation right now, and we will see it. The Jets and the Bears. Are the Jets potentially really two and done with Zach Wilson? Oh, man. Is number two going to get two and done, two season and done? Will they sit him down? Now, obviously, it's possible to sit him down and then bring him back, build him back up. Will they really bench Zach Wilson? And if they don't, will it just be a half of football? Because if he goes out and has the first half against the Bears and it looks like the, the game against the Patriots and they are going nuts in the stands in MetLife, do they go ahead and pull him? What an amazing storyline this is. And then number one on the list is the middle of Thanksgiving Day. We're all going to be pulling up. It will set the ratings record for the season. No question about it in my mind when the Giants and the Cowboys sit down on Thanksgiving Day. And it is, quite frankly, the Odell Bowl. That's it. Can the Giants go ahead and beat the Cowboys, save their opportunity to win the division? Because don't forget, they have yet to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And can they go ahead and beat the Cowboys, avoid the season sweep, stop the Cowboys' momentum right dead in their tracks, their loss to the Lions, wipe that away, and tell Odell, what about us? Because if not, the, the Cowboys sweep the Giants, and what a great way for basically then they can, they can grab that turkey leg and tell Odell, there's us here. You should be with us. Certainly if those are the two teams that they that he's looking at. What a huge Thanksgiving game that is. The Odell Bowl, and those are your top five most intriguing storylines for Thanksgiving weekend. So what's that? Is that it? You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. Oh, yes, there's one more. There's one more. Because the Washington Commanders are taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And you could sit here and say, oh, okay, Taylor Honecky's playing so well, he's got the start. And the Washington Commanders are above 500, and they could be a playoff team. Oh, and the Atlanta Falcons went ahead, and they won a game. And they're still in the mix for the NFC South. No, 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 that's not the storyline. Here's your bonus storyline. You're 10 for the boy. Year 10 for the Let's go. Let's go. Somebody didn't give up. Come on. Somebody has no quit in them. Somebody's a dog. Determined. Somebody is the dog. Because we're born and raised in Compton. Disciplined. Yeah. Will Compton. He's back. Not give up on his dream. And year 10 for the boy. This guy, unlike his bus, has a motor. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, Will Compton, I am rooting for you. That is a top storyline for Thanksgiving weekend. Shout out to the boy, man. Shout out. Shout out to Will Compton. Way to go, sir. Way not to give up. Let's go. I wasn't sure if he was serious when he put no, that video on. Was, was, was this like, a Whoa. joke? And then halfway through, I was like, oh, yeah, he's as back. Of, yeah, as he's of right back. now, we don't know if it's the practice squad or the, the full 53. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're 10. Well the done, boys Will boys are back in town. Yeah, Will. Nice. And that is the end of my storyline list. <laughs>